The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Well, what is going on, everybody? Welcome, 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 welcome into the, what is this? The the second edition, day two edition of the overreaction post-game show. Uh, I don't know that you can call it a post-game show. I guess it does qualify as a post-game show. This is the first time I've done, well, I guess I can't say that. I've done back-to-back overreaction shows in the past, but in the past, the overreaction show on Saturday was a pregame show, overreaction post-game show. Now it's time to shine and overreaction. But regardless, super excited to have you guys here. Figured I would jump on and just kind of have a let's have a chit chat. Let's let's just have a conversation. Let's let's get into our feels a little bit. Let's just talk and I'll give you guys some stats and we'll talk about some stuff. But before we do any of that, welcome into the overreaction Bills postgame show podcast brought to you by the market dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings vidcast and podcast network. I'm your host, Joe Miller. I'm the voice of the overreaction post-game show. Many, or I'm sorry, you can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. It's so good to have all of you here already. Filling up the comments section, being a part of the show. It's good to see Dawn Keith in here on time, as she just said. That's really funny, Dawn. I appreciate you anyway. I love having you a part of the show. It's good to see you, Sophia Spin, Amanda Davies in the room, Jason Taylor, Daniel Gowers, Jeff King. What's up, buddy? Good to see you, boss. Who else? Mark? We're going to start at Mark Card- uh, uh, Cardenas, but before I start there, it's officially going to be when people start downloading this as a podcast, Victory Monday. So if you're watching me live now, preemptively, I guess, or <laughs> happy Victory Monday to you in a minute or in a couple hours, but I just got to start the show here, which is a Kyle Brandt tweet that just went out about 10 minutes ago. Kyle Brandt from Good Morning Football just tweeted, the Bills just scored again. This is getting out of hand. <laughs> stop the count. He didn't tweet that part, but I added that part. But stop the count is basically where we're at. Stop the count. It's funny because we keep hearing all day today that the Buffalo Bills scored on their first seven drives, which is annoying to me because I feel like the narrative should be they scored on every drive. But they can't say that because they had the kneel downs by Mitch Trubisky. 
So it is what it is. But uh, whether this podcast finds you around a cup of coffee at the gym with your AirPods in on the drive to work or watching me live right now, let me one more time say, welcome. Let's kick this thing off and just have a little bit of a chit chat. As I promised, marking with a comment. So I'm going to be answering comments or answering questions, responding to comments. I don't really have a script. I've got some stuff. I want to go through some stats and things. So we're going to start this whole thing with like, how do we feel? Like, how, how are you feeling today? Talk to me about in the comments section, talk to me about the emotions of the day. Starting with Mark. Awesome night last night. Best game I've personally ever been to. Took the wife and she had a blast. Bonus points for sure. If I could get my wife to wear Bill's attire, <laughs> please, baby. Baby, please wear Bill's clothes. Memory forever, he said. Waiting to see who our next opponent is. That game is on right now, and I'm going to be honest with you. Both of the, these teams, the Steelers and the Chiefs, look like trash. It's second quarter, 0-0. He was in section 214, row 15. So, I can promise you, I tweeted yesterday, I can promise you that this was billed to be the second coldest game in Bill's history, but it was definitely the warmest zero-degree night in Buffalo in Buffalo weather history. I've been to playoff games like that. Uh, the one, the Tim Tyndale game in the mid-90s when the Bills played the Dolphins, obviously in January in the playoffs, it was super, super cold, and we crushed the Dolphins. And I remember that game like it was yesterday, and I remember not being cold at all. Mark, glad you had a great time. Mark's also in with the Super Chat. Victory Sunday, chillaxing on the couch after a seven-hour road trip back from the best night ever. Go Bills. Appreciate you being a part of the show. My man, Jeff King, loved every second of the game. Total domination. Jeff, you had another a comment in there. You must have removed it. I was going to read it. <laughs> it was good. I, uh, I loved all of the expletives, all of the getting their arses kicked. I was going to read it. I mean, I was going to edit it and I was going to like comment it or, uh, edit it for content, but, uh, it's good to have you heavy on the show there, Jeff. You're the man. Appreciate you. Daniel Gowris. Victory Sunday is nice. How's everybody feeling? What are your feelings of the day? What are your feelings of the day? I can tell you where mine are. Somebody asked me, it was, uh, it was either, I think it might've been in the, the first time I said it was in the group chat with Bruce and uh, Bruce Nolan and Jay Spence. We were just going out like it was early this morning. I was already at work. I get up at five thirty, So I went to bed last night at two o'clock in the morning. And then after the show and got it loaded up on a pod and had to wind down just a little bit and was looking for, for replays and highlights. And I'm going to be honest with you. I was disappointed by that game day final. Wasn't great. There haven't been, haven't been many since then either. All the halftime shows, Today, didn't even talk about the Buffalo Bills. I don't know how the Bills do historic things, historic things in the playoffs. And they don't talk about it. Apparently, they feel like everybody watched it. Regardless of that, the, the we, we were asking each other how we felt. And I said, you know what? My wife could ask me for a divorce today, and I'd be fine. <laughs> At least until Tuesday. <laughs> Baby, I want a divorce. You know what? That's great. That's awesome. Sounds good. Go Bills. And then about Tuesday, be like, wait a minute. What did she say to me? <laughs> Amanda Davies says it was amazing. It was amazing. It was incredible. Amazing. Sophia says, I've been feeling great all day. Go Bills. Amanda Davies back and says, definitely wildest dreams land last night. That, that, that hashtag came back to life in a hurry. Jalen Porter asks me, who would I rather play, the Bengals at home or in Kansas City? That's actually one of my notes. So I've got this little kind of thing here, just basically things I think. I'm not scared of either of these football teams right now. So I would probably prefer to play the Bengals at home 
for obvious reasons, the home crowd, uh, the Bills getting to sleep in their own beds, all that good stuff, routines, yada, 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 the mafia being there, another opportunity for Bills Mafia to be together, tailgate, all that love, all that connection, all that awesomeness we saw yesterday. Love to see that again. Not to mention, I feel like, you know, Joe Burrow being who Joe Burrow is, I feel like the Bills can do a pretty good job against them. However, the Chiefs don't scare me either. So if the Bills end up having to play the Chiefs in Kansas City, I'm probably good with that as well. Right, right. Uh, Spin0481 says, does McKenzie kneel down on a kickoff before the half count as a drive? Uh, I don't think it does. I don't think it does at all because I think he just downs the the ball. Jeff King comes back and says, I feel effing great. (laughs) Yes, you do, brother. Yes, you do. I can tell by your first post that you feel great. I just hit the down button on this thing and I've lost my place. Here we go. Got it. Got it. Got it. DH says, I feel great, Joe. I'm on cloud nine. That's how everybody should feel this day. Just, I asked Spence at one point, I called him today and I was like, is this what it's going to feel like after we win a Super Bowl? Like, am I going to feel there were just so many wrongs righted in this game. Uh, I've got friends that are Patriots fans and just to talk to them about uh, just all the times that the Patriots did us dirty, you know, Monday night football games or Sunday night games, and they're in Buffalo and it's the fourth quarter with five minutes left and they're beating us by 30 points, 35 points. And they're still throwing 50 yard bombs to run the score up on us. Like there was so much that was just righted. Apparently TJ Watt just scored in that football game. So the Steelers are now up seven, nothing. I like it. I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't care which team I face. I want to see the, I want to see the chiefs lose. I want to see the Chiefs lose, lose big time. Sophia says, I slept on cla- uh, on clouds and have been bubbling all day rethinking about that amazing game. I am right there with you. There's just there was nothing that could remove the smile from my face today. It was freaking fantastic. It was freaking mother trucking fantastic. Eric Quok says, or Quok says, uh, big dubs. Big dubs. I don't know if you guys caught it, but uh, in the post-game presser, Jordan Poyer shouted out Spence. Jay Spence has been running the ad marketing, marketing and ad campaign for Jordan Poyer uh, for All Pro, where we riot, and it's produced a little bit of a relationship between him and Jordan Poyer, which is awesome. And Poyer, literally in front of in front of the press, in front of the media, was like, "Yeah, that whole thing was started by Spence," and he said it like as though all of those guys <laughs> know who Jay Spence is. And, and Spence and I had a pretty good chuckle about that. So if you get a chance, go back and watch Poyer's uh, post game presser from yesterday. It was great. Richard Rush says, I'm feeling arrogant. Bro, I'm down with that. <laughs> Total, totally down with that. Why says Bill's Gasm? That's all. Bill's Gasm. I see that a lot on Twitter, especially from L. <laughs> Daniel Gower says, feeling today, dash, his answer equals glowing. Are you pregnant? No, you're probably not pregnant. You're probably just feeling game. Rick Beam is always right with the super chat. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. You changed jerseys. Well, I wore the boho the boho jersey last night. TJ Watt scored. Uh, they can or can they win? Of course they can win any any given Sunday, right? I said last week Bills were waiting till the playoffs to start to really play. I don't think the Bills were waiting to the. I'd lo- so that narrative has has kind of been going around. Thank you for the super chat, uh, uh, Rick. I appreciate or Rick Beam is always right. I don't know what your real name is. Um, I hear that narrative a lot. I don't necessarily agree with it. And I don't think la- that game on Saturday was necessarily a testament that it's true, that the Bills were like holding all their cl- cards close to the vest and they were going to like squeak in and then unleash dominance on people. 
I think the Bills are just, as they like to say, getting hot at the right time. They're figuring some things out, which is primarily Devin Singletary in the offensive line, which we saw a healthy dose of Devin Singletary in that game. He had every carry but one. And then they're also in a situation where Josh Allen is starting to finally mature to the point where he's not afraid to just take what, what they give him. He's going to turn and throw a swing pass. He's going to turn and throw a screen pass. He's going to hit the check down. If you're going to play a cover two shell on me, I'm going to hit that guy that's wide open there over there in the flat. And I'm going to get seven yards right now. And you're going to see that pay dividends. It's going to get to the point where it's almost what we see against Tom Brady and guys like Peyton Manning, where you just can't beat him on defense. Whatever you do, he's going to adjust to. And it was, it was, it was, they did it like clockwork in that football game. It was fantastic. Eric comes back and says, Casey looks soft. I agree. I agree. I absolutely agree. Daniel Gower says, no team scares me. The Bills put the fear into the, into other teams. It's a good feeling. Jeff King is back. Haven't or I've listened to the last 20 years from Pats fans. There, he put it back. <laughs> he brought it back. Jeff King, you're the man. F you, he says. We beat you yesterday like you owed us money. Get used to it. You chowder eating Fs. There, that's my clean version. It's a family show, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff is feeling good right about now. Jeff always brings it real. When things were bad and people were mad at me because I was being a little, not bad, but when they weren't going right and people were mad at me for being negative, Jeff is hitting me on the side going, you're speaking truth, bro. Keep speaking it. Appreciate you, dude. Appreciate you, dude. Freaking awesome. So a couple things as far as the way that we feel. And like I said, keep those comments coming. I'm going to do my best to respond to them. And if you've got questions, especially, I'm going to keep my eyes. I'm going to do the impossible. I'm going to keep my eyes down on the comment section. I want to hit some stats for you real quick. You guys, you guys, you guys have to hear some other interesting things. RJ Melville with a chat, with a comment in here real quick. I think since the Tampa and Carolina games, they started showing their true colors on offense or I show sorry, showing their true offense. They completely changed the percentage of gap runs to zone and started finally running pin and pull. Yes. I saw RJ, you're on it. This is something that me and Sterling Furrow from cover one have gone back and talked about me and uh, Mookie Hawkins have talked about it. Like why they insist and me and Fina have talked about it, insist on running wide zone when they're not a wide zone team. And I don't even know that they've got wide zone running backs. Moss is kind of a wide zone guy. This is a pin and pull offense, pin and pull. I'm getting a, a a comment here from Daniel Gower says touchdown Kansas City. So my feed on my phone is behind. Getting back to the to the to the stats. Do you guys want to hear some fun stuff? This is some fun stuff about your quarterback, Joshua Mother Trucking Allen, QB one, number 17, whose jersey I'm wearing right now of the Buffalo Bills, who put on a historical and a historical and historical, whatever the word is, clinic in this playoff game against. Bill Belichick and the vaunted Patriots defense who, despite the Buffalo Bills getting picked, I would say, by most of the pundits, everybody had their doubts as to whether or not the Bills could win this football game. But we're going to give you some fun stats. Some of these you've already heard. Allen is just the ninth quarterback in NFL history to throw for 300 yards and five touchdowns in a playoff game. The first since Patrick Mahomes reached those marks in 2019. Patrick Mahomes, who's actually playing right now the ninth quarterback in NFL history to throw for 300 yards and five touchdowns in a playoff game. First one to do it since 2019. That's from CBS. 
That's pretty incredible. Eric comes back and says, Alan McDermott showed no mercy. That was awesome. It was. Jay Spence uh, tweeted out at about the third score, keep your foot on their necks. Do not let them up. He was talking to Coach McDermott, and they did not. What's up, Robbie? Robbie's in the room. Hey, Joe Miller, I'm here, bro. It's always good to see you, Robbie. Some stats, some information from Ryan Talbot from New York State Up. Against Belichick, Josh Allen. So we're going to throw out, he's he's taking the opportunity to throw out the oddball game with the 50 or 45 mile an hour wins a couple weeks ago, the first game this year against the Patriots. But the last three games against the Patriots, the Patriots, these are Josh Allen's stats. 2020, week 16, 27 to 36, 320 yards, four touchdowns, four rushes for 35 yards. That was last year. This year, the last game in the season that the Bills played the Patriots, Josh Allen was uh, 30 of 47, 314 yards, three touchdowns, 12 rushes for 64 yards. No punts in that football game. So the first time, I think it was in 365 games, first time in Bill Belichick's career, you've all heard it, that he ever had a team go no punts on him. And then 2021, the wild card game, this was the game that was just played. Josh Allen was 21 to 25 for 308 yards, five touchdowns, six rushes for 66 yards for his second all-time no-punt game against him. Bill Belichick, that is. Shout-out to Ryan Talbot and Matt Perino. We love those guys over here. Two guys that actually in the press room know who Spence is. (laughs) Spence and I got a good chuckle out of that. Per Buffalo Rumblings, Matt Warren. Matt put a, a bunch of good stuff together, which was fantastic. Josh Allen had more touchdowns, five, than incompletions, four. Only five quarterbacks have ever done that. Do you want to hear their names? So we did We did this exercise yesterday on the show. Put your hand out in front of you, five. Take one finger down. The one finger down number is how many incompletions he had. The, the thumb up is how many touchdowns he had. That's pretty insane. Five touchdowns, four, incomplete, four incompletions. Only five quarterbacks have ever done that before. Daryl LaMonica in 1969. Peyton Manning in 2004. Tom Brady in 2008. Kurt Warner in 2010, and now Josh Allen in 2022. Matt Warren also let us know that uh, the five touchdown passes was the most ever in a playoff game by a Buffalo Bills quarterback. That's pretty outstanding. Allen set the record for highest QBR in history of the stat. This is an this is a fun this is a fun comment for me or a fun situation for me. Scott Laff asks me, how's it going, Joe? Scott, I am freaking fantastic. Welcome to the conversation, bro. Good to have you. Highest QBR in the history of the stat, 2006, uh, 98.5 total QBR. So that's the highest ever. So the, the record was actually held by Tom Brady for 14, 14 years, and he had a 98. So highest QBR in the history of the stat. The, the reason this was interesting to me is because in 2019, Josh Allen's second year, we as Bills Mafia began to see Josh Allen differently. If you remember, we began to see the kind of the light at the end of the tunnel are already kind of early where the rest of the NFL was like, this guy sucks, 51% completions. He runs too much. He's run first. He's never going to get it. He's inaccurate, yada, yada, yada. He's not smart enough. Sure, he's big. He can run, but he relies on it too much. The rest of us kind of saw it. We saw the throws he was making that were getting dropped. Josh Allen, if you remember, at 18, led the league and dropped passes. 19, led the league and dropped passes. And I used to get hammered all the time by people that wanted to basically bash Josh Allen into the ground by the QBR thing. 
Josh Allen's not a good quarterback because have you seen his QBR? Kyler Murray's QBR is way better than Josh Allen's. Well, Kyler Murray wasn't in the league yet, but you know what I'm saying. All these guys that had better QBRs that were not better quarterbacks. Kirk Cousins has a better QBR than Josh Allen, so Josh Allen is trash. And it's like, what does QBR even mean? It's not even a truly accepted stat outside of a couple circles. It's proprietary to ESPN, if I'm not mistaken. Well, sweet vindication. Josh Allen has now set the record, and he did it in a playoff game for total QBR in a game at 98.5, beating Tom Brady, who held the record for the last 14 years. What's up, Jessica Tennis? So good to see you. I am well, and I hope that you are well as well. I hope that this uh, Victory Sunday has treated you fantastically, and uh, you're looking forward to Victory Monday. We're just having a conversation, Jessica, tonight. So if you've got a question, if you got a comment, feel free to throw it in there. Sophia comes back and says, seven touchdowns, zero field goals, zero turnovers, zero punts, zero fourth downs as well. Let's go. Let's go. David Silver, welcome into the show. What is going on, Bills Mafia? Super good stuff, man. It's good to have all you guys with us. Super, super good to have all you guys with us. Read the comments. I apologize. I need to get back to these uh, fun stats, these amazing stats. Josh Allen is also the first player in NFL history with five, five passing this. I think I read that one already. No. Josh Allen is the first player in NFL history with five passing touchdowns. These are, are again, from uh, Matt Warren from Buffalo Rumblings. Uh, which you can find on buffalorumblings.com, the article that I pulled this from. Five passing touchdowns, 80% completions, 50-plus rushing yards. He actually had 66 in a single game. First player in NFL history to do that in a single game. He's the first quarterback in NFL playoff history with 300-plus passing yards, five touchdowns, and 60-plus rushing yards. Do you see where this is going? This is going all good for us. This is going all good. According to PFF, so we're going to switch to a different source. According to PFF, who we all know how much PFF loves Josh Allen, he averaged one. What is this? He averaged one expected point added per drop back, the most efficient quarterback performance since PFF started collecting data in 2006. Crazy. Allen's passer rating of 157.6 is the second best ever in a playoff game behind a perfect 158.3 by Peyton Manning in 2004. This just gets better. It's unbelievable, this information. Amy comes in and says, uh, thoughts on who I want to face and why. So we talked about this a second ago, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it again. Amy, the, the long and the short of it is I'm not afraid of either of these teams, the Chiefs or the Bengals. But if I had my druthers, I'd love to see the Chiefs lose because I hate the Chiefs right now. They're just, I'm tired of the hype, and I don't, I don't want to hear about the hype all week. But I also would prefer to face the Bengals because I want to see the Bills have another home, home, home game. That home field advantage is big. That home field advantage is big. We saw it yesterday. Bill's Mafia was in fuego in that football game. And they made a difference, and it mattered. I'm not afraid of Joe Burrow against this number one passing defense. The Bills are number one for a reason. They showed it in this football game. But to be honest with you, I'll take either. If I have if I have my choice, give me the Bengals at home. But if I'm picking, or if, but, but yes, if I'm picking Bengals at home, regardless, I'll take either. I'm not, I'm not, neither of these teams scare me especially watching right now what the Steelers are doing to them, doing to the Chiefs. 
<laughs> Jason Taylor says there's a stat for everything. <laughs> you might be true. Or it might be true, rather. Oops. Uh, Ray Parker says McKenzie is a keeper. That's actually in my notes as well. The Bills got to do whatever they can do. I'll get I'll get to it if we got time. The Bills need to do whatever they got to do to keep him. Somebody gave me angry face on Facebook. I don't know what that's about. Sophia, you guys are coming in, coming in all, all, all over with the stats. Sophia comes back and says only six third downs, zero fourth downs. It was a magic game. It was magic. This is in my notes, the little bit of notes I have, too, from Allie Wagner. It's amazing to me that I have heard very little today on TV, sports stations, about the historical historical game the Bills played yesterday. Right there with you. I, I was waiting for the halftime shows. Waiting for all the halftime shows so they could talk about what Josh Allen and that football team did, the Buffalo Bills did, against the Patriots. Not a peep. It was annoying. Back to stats, fun stats. Josh Allen leads the NFL. This is from Next Gen Stats. Josh Allen leads the NFL in rushing yards, 1,764. Touchdowns, 15. EPA, plus 133. And first downs, 97 on scramble runs since entering the league in 2018, including the playoffs. Incredible stuff. And then Matt Warren did us a favor, and he gave us some fun Bill stats after this football game. Again, you can find all this information on buffalorumblings.com. If you haven't been there before, it's it's a great it's a great website. You should head over there. Obviously, I have a reason to pimp it a little bit. <laughs> Got a couple more chats here. Eric Woke says, uh, Eric, if I'm not pronouncing your wrong, your name right, if you want to put it in there phonetically so I know how to pronounce it, that'd be great. Hyde interception was sick and probably one of the greatest plays of the year. It was one of the greatest plays I've ever seen. Uh, a similar one would have been the Laurie Malloy game I think it was Nate Clements when uh, Brady dropped back through it and 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 uh, Clements caught it as he was dragging his feet out of bounds. That ball for Hyde, he came out of nowhere. And the fact, the proof, have you ever been doing something and expected to hit something or expected to catch something or expected something to happen and it didn't happen to, like your mind, it, like it was a mind bend, a mind freak? Literally, if you watch the watch that highlight again and watch the receiver who is, a thousand percent certain that that let's be honest with you, beautiful throw by Mac Jones. And it was perfect. That ball was going to drop right in the bucket. And when it didn't, he was very much like he double, he double check. He double, he double take. He questioned his hands. Like, why didn't the ball hit my hands? Well, Cause my guy just sniped it from you, bro, <laughs> which was incredible. It was one of the most unbelievable plays I ever saw. Right up there with Josh Allen's first touchdown to Dawson Knox. I said this on the show uh, yesterday, and what's funny about it is just to hear Josh Allen talk about it in his presser. So taking everybody back to it, you know, Josh Allen takes a snap. He's standing in the pocket for a couple seconds, drifts kind of a step or two to his left, a couple more seconds, and starts drifting to his right. At about the six-second mark, I'm like, throw the ball away. Throw. I'm yelling at the television, throw it away. And then finally he hits the, the end line, and he just kind of flicks it. And I'm like, good, good job. Thank you. I, like I was not vindicated, but I felt better. I was like, smart, just throw that thing away. And then Dawson Knox comes down with the football. I was like, hold up, <laughs> hold, hold, hold the phone. What are we talking about right now? And they asked Josh Allen about what happened on that play. And he was like, well, it happened exactly the way that I planned it. And you could tell that he was being sarcastic and the media press. And he was like, I, I was holding the ball a long time. And I'm paraphrasing. 
and I got to the end line and went to throw it away. And then the crowd started cheering. He goes, it was third down. I kind of started headed towards heading towards the bench bench and the crowd was going crazy and it was a touchdown and I had no idea what happened. He goes, and it took me a couple minutes for them to see it on the replay to find out what exactly happened. Cause he had no idea. His intention was to just as we kind of saw with that little flick was just to throw the football away. So two unbelievable plays that I'll remember forever. That'll always stick out. It was incredible. RJ Melville says, I don't know why most of the national media tries to find everything they can to nitpick Josh. It can't be just because they want to be correct about their bad takes when he came into the league. I don't know. I mean, some of it's going away, but some people are always going to hate. It's just, just how some people are. This is also in my notes coming up from Scott Lapp. How about no sacks given up by our O-line in the last four games? Or is it now five? It's a bunch. It's a bunch. It's a bunch. Uh, reading comments, I apologize to everybody that's listening to this in podcast form. Daniel Gower says something worth noting after the, la- the last two Patriots games, Belichick knows or now knows he can't slow down much, less stop Josh Allen, and that this team will be competing for second place for the next 10-plus years. I'm going to be honest with you. Something that I think is I've got notes here that just talk about you know things that I think I think. I'm pretty certain that in the next couple of years, maybe even this year, when Bill Belichick retires, Josh McDaniels is going to be the heir apparent to that franchise as far as head coach. And I think he gets fired within the first two years of being the head coach. Josh McDaniels is not Bill Belichick. I don't care how long he's coached with Bill Belichick. He's not Bill Belichick. And when Josh McDaniels gets fired, that team will be looking for basically the, the Patriot mystique, the the Belichick, the Bel- the Patriot way, the whatever it is that Belichick does, cheap. Um, all that stuff will be gone. Did you hear me? <laughs> all that stuff will finally be gone. The NFL will have rid rid itself of Spygate and videotaping and Deflategate and every competitive a- advantage that they can find. They're going to go find a, another head coach, and I think they're going to be relegated back to who they were when we were all kids collecting football cards. They were garbage. The Patriots were a trash football team, a poverty franchise. Poverty franchise. poverty franchise more stats real quick for you uh buffalo had more touchdowns seven than third down attempts yikes if you are bill belichick and the new england patriots and that coaching staff and you're seeing the buffalo bills had more touchdowns (laughs) than third down attempts again thank you matt rich warren for all these one for compiling all this information in week 16, the Buffalo Bills were, uh, were the first team to not be forced to punt by a Bill Belichick defense on Saturday night. They begin the second. I talked about this already. They haven't punted in 20 straight possessions against the Pats, and their only and and their only three drives without a score in that time frame are when the clock hit zeros at the end of halves. That's an incredible stat. It was the fourth most points allowed in franchise history by the Patriots. The 30-point loss in the second is the second worst uh, in Belichick history. Belichick's 31-0. I was there. Laurie Malloy game opening week shutout in 2003 barely tops it. The Bills became the first team ever to score four straight touchdowns to open a game against Belichick. Of course, they didn't stop there, scoring seven straight. And the important thing about that stat is the Bills also became the first team in uh, in the Super Bowl era in the playoffs to score on their first five drives, touchdowns on their first five drives. And not only did did they do it on their first five, 
They did it on their first seven, setting a record for the NFL for that. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I'm trying to go, I'm feed, I'm weeding through uh, comments here real quick. RJ Melville says the Bel- the Belichick way film teams practices. The next coach of the Pats will be Steven Spielberg. <laughs> it's funny because I got on a Spaces chat with Jay Spence the King and a whole bunch of content creators and a, ho- and a whole bunch of you guys. And uh, one of the Patriots guys from Pat's pulpit asked, you know, why? What were the Bills thinking moving indoors? Like, why would they do that? And I was like, Are you serious? They did it so that the, the Patriots couldn't fill their practices and get a book. They couldn't get the answers to the test on offense for the Bills. To which then they went on and on about how it's a big lie and it's not true and blah, 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 blah. And I let it go. And Aaron Quinn jumped in right after that and just talked about the weather. And it was kind of sloppy and it was 40 degrees. So it wouldn't even really be representative of, you know, what the temperatures were. But the reality is, is this. So Josh McDaniels was caught doing the exact same thing the, 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 the Patriots were caught doing when he was with Denver. Then the Patriots, you're all familiar with Spygate, get caught doing it. They got fined and they lost draft picks, which means that the NFL found them guilty. It wasn't a lie. They got found guilty. And then you weed your way through all the other stuff, deflate gate, blah, 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 coming right up to 2019 when the Bengals were filming, I'm sorry, the Patriots were filming the Bengals sideline in game from a luxury box. Well, why would they do that? What competitive advantage is that, Joe? Well, if you take the game film, right, and you set it up next to whatever the coaches are doing, it's not like this information, even, even when they film practices, it's not like this information is something that's going to, like, win the game for them. It's just a competitive advantage. And if you can get a competitive advantage in the NFL, it's a big deal. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win, but it's a competitive advantage. So if you take the game film, and you mirror it up with whatever's going on on the sideline, you're going to get all their calls, you're going to get all their hand signals, exactly what's going on, what it means, which when you're standing on your sideline in-game when you're playing the Bengals, it's basically you're getting a map, a roadmap. You're getting the answers to the test early. They got punished for that as well. I guess that was a lie. Maybe not because they got punished. Make no mistake, the Patriots cheat and have cheated for a very, very long time. And what's interesting about that and I made reference, bat, albeit badly, yesterday on the show. The New England Patriots have had great defenses for 20 years. Bill Belichick has had phenomenal defenses for 20 years. They've had no-name dudes on that defense that have always played well. They've had good guys on that defense that have always played well. That defense is always... What do we know about Bill Belichick and the Patriots? They're always going to have a good defense. They're always going to be in the game because they got a good defense. Even when they had superstars, even when they had superstars, those players would be jettisoned, whether through free agency, trade, via whatever, contract getting old, and none of them ever went to another team and played well, as well as they did in New England. Not a single time. That is not normal. Does it work out every time a team signs a big-time free agent? No. But when you look at guys like Cole Beasley, Cole Beasley was good in Dallas. The Bills signed him. He's good in Buffalo. Stephon Diggs, they trade for Stephon Diggs, who was good in in Minnesota. He comes to Buffalo. He's better in Buffalo. When the Buffalo Bills traded Jerry Hughes for Kelvin Shepard, Hughes was not great in, in Indianapolis. He comes to Buffalo, and he's good. More often than not, players get jettisoned, and they... Reggie Ragland left the Buffalo Bills, and he was I think he's, he was or is still with Kansas City. He actually has had carved himself out a decent career. 
players leave even the Buffalo Bills and become decent players. Takeo Spikes left the Bengals, came to Buffalo, and was dominant. If you've got talent, you've got talent. In New England, more often than not, you've got the Kyle Van Noy story. Kyle Van Noy was a great linebacker in New England. He was the guy we had a game plan for. He was feared. He goes to Miami, and he washes out in one season. They cut him. They legit just release him from his contract, go back to New England. You're not good. Why is that? Why is that that every player that has played for New England's defense has gone on to other teams and not amounted to anything? It's it's very strange. Very, very. I'm not saying that they're devoid of talent. They're talented, but they're never what they were in New England. Maybe it's because, like DJ Williams said, they're getting the answers to the test early, which changes everything. That competitive advantage is big. Huge. Daniel Gowris on the uh, Russian bot find once again for me. I appreciate you, bro. Apparently, Kansas City has scored again. They're now up 14-7. As I look down, Kansas City's got the ball again. So I think the Steelers just punted. I'm almost done with these fun stats. So that's my that's my uh, my little rant about the Patriots cheating. I apologize. Football outsiders. We all know how much the uh, football out- outsiders love Buffalo Bill- the Buffalo Bills. Uh, as the second best offensive performance of all time, or they, or they they named this, I should say, the second best offensive performance of all time. But Aaron Schatz, who hates the Bills, says that he has to factor in the penalties. And if they didn't factor it or whatever, that the Bills would be the best. It's the second most points ever scored by a in, by the Bills in a playoff game. You might remember the fifty-one to three game against the Raiders. AFC Championship game in January 1991. And then not exactly absurd, and we've talked about it here, noteworthy, zero sacks, zero tackles for loss, and one quarterback hit in that football game. Insane. That game was insane. Absolutely insane. Lone Wolf is in the room. He says, I'm here now getting the snow thrower ready for tomorrow. Bro, (laughs) I'm in Hamburg. We're expecting, is it like 9 to 20 inches? What's even funnier about that is it was crazy cold Friday. It was, what, six degrees, five degrees yesterday on Saturday. And then today, the sun was shining. It was 32, and it felt like summertime. I I almost stripped off my hoodie. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm taking this thing off. I'm sweating. My wife asked me to turn the heat down in the truck today. (laughs) That's how warm it was. And then tomorrow, or tonight, I should say, 100% chance of snow for, like, the next 12 or 13 hours. Crazy. So yes, I'm uh, I'm going to be doing the same thing. Expect I'm off tomorrow from work, expecting to be snow blowing more than once. So right there with you, bro. Sophia says, "I love how McDermott has such high integrity. The Bills organization is top shelf. It's not just McDermott. It's not just McDermott. I I venture to guess that the majority of the Bill Belichick coaching tree guys, just to give you frame of reference, Sophia." Not a single Bill Belichick coordinator has ever been successful in the NFL. And I think that's because outside of Josh McDaniels, when they leave the organization, they don't take those traits with them. They don't take cheat traits. They try to take the Bill Belichick hard-nosed, do your 111th, just do your job, like everybody, discipline, firm. And that only carries so far when you're winning. If you're not winning and you're like a giant jerk all the time, players don't want to play for you. So I would go as far as to say that like the majority of NFL coaches and assistants and coordinators and all that stuff aren't that way. It's just a it's just a Bill Belichick thing. 
Rick Beam is always right. He's back in the room with the Super Chat. Thank you, bro. Nick writes tweets last night about Allen and Bills. Man, I tell you, if I wasn't a godly man, I might go looking for that little guy. I don't. I have him muted. <laughs> so I didn't see any of, them, any of them. So if you want to quote or post some of them in there, that'd be great. Lone Wolf says 12 to 18 inches are saying for here. We're getting some snow, bro. We're getting some snow. Spin says someone asked Nick Wright if Mahomes has ever had a better game than Allen had had on Saturday. Well, I just gave you all the stats. He hasn't. He has. He hasn't. Like legit, has not. But what's interesting about Mahomes is even in this football game we're watching right now against the Steelers, he throws a lot of bad footballs and a lot of bad passes, like a lot of balls that hit the dirt errant passes that are just not like anywhere anywhere near his receiver. They're awkward sometimes. He just took a really bad sack in this football game. The the Pat Mahomes love, don't get me wrong, the year he threw 50 touchdowns and the year that he won the Super Bowl, magical. But since that Super Bowl, Pat Mahomes has been kind of not pedestrian. Pedestrian is a Kirk Cousins word or, you know, some of these other quarterbacks. I mean, Mahomes is elite, but he has not been like that ball. He has not been magical just hasn't been magical as a, as a Kansas city chiefs are trying to score with 17 seconds. At least that's where I'm at on, on my phone. I'm trying to get some more points before the half. It's just, uh, yeah, it's just amazing to me. So we're going to spend a couple more minutes. Let me give you guys some more things that I, I just think I think. And I appreciate you guys hanging out with me. I appreciate the chit-chat. I appreciate the conversation. We don't do this often, Bills Mafia. Actually, we never do it, where I just basically take your comments and we talk about it. I'm not exactly sure how this is going to sound via podcast. Live, it's great, because you guys can all see the comments. (laughs) Spin says it's because Mahomes is able to make them special plays here and there. But this year, there are more negative plays in between those amazing plays. It's true. Started last year, the beginning, the first half, he had a bunch of passes that should have been intercepted, and they weren't. Oh, my gosh. He just hit a wide-open uh, Travis Kelsey for a touchdown. Unbelievable. That's the stuff that gets me is how that happens. How does that? How does he get that wide open on a football team that has Minka Fitzpatrick? It's crazy. So it looks like the Bills are going to be playing the Chiefs because there's no way the Steelers are coming back from this one. <laughs> the Steelers season, Ben's career is open up. Oh, we got another Russian bot. I can I can block him from here. I, I can ban him from here, I think. Block user. Gone. Crazy. Uh, Amanda Davies says, so help me if all I hear about this week, this next week is Mahomes. I'm going to lose my mind. You're absolutely going to hear about Patrick Mahomes ad nauseum, especially if they beat the the Steelers by 40, like 40 to 7 or 40 to 17. The Bills beat the the Patriots 47 to 17. Yeah, but did you see what the the Chiefs did to the Steelers? And they've got TJ Watt. Stupid. Stupid. It is what it is. My sister's in the room. What's up, Jamie? Good to see you. She said, uh, Nick, her husband, my brother-in-law, is yelling at the Steelers right now. <laughs> well, I don't think they can hear him. <laughs> Spin says, at least the bots get me views. I just don't understand why I get the Russian bots. It's better than the porn, the, like the Japanese porn bots, but, yeah, it's it's just weird. Anyways, things I think I think. 
I already talked about the fact that I'm annoyed that the Bills weren't all over every highlight reel. It, it bothers me. It just bothers me. I would say this. I, I'm pretty confident that from what I saw today in these games with the coverages, that there's nothing from today in the NFC that scares me or even this AFC game. So if the Bills were to make the Super Bowl, from what I saw today between the Bucks, right, and the 49ers, there's nothing about those two teams that scare me. I know the Bills have already lost to the Bucs. I was at that game. It was a great game. The Bills are just hitting. They're just, they've just hit a different stride. There's nothing about those NFC, NFC teams that, that, that concern me. The Buffalo Bills, to me, are <clears throat> the t- top one or two teams in this playoff race right now. Another thing I think, I think, the level of, how do I want to say this? The level that the Bills played at in the football game against the Patriots, in my opinion, is sustainable. I'm going to say that again because a lot of you might not believe me, and there's a lot of content creators that wouldn't agree. I feel like the level of play the Bills played at in that football game against the Patriots is absolutely sustainable. Does that mean that they're not going to punt again in the playoffs? No, that's not what I'm saying. Does that mean that they're, you know, Josh Allen is going to throw more touchdowns and incompletions. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is the Bills have found something. And the two big things that they found is, at first, the offensive line. Don't discount or underestimate how important Ryan Rick Bates is to that offensive line and the way that they're playing. And what goes along with that is the fact that the coaching staff, and I talked about this on the show yesterday, has and you can use the word relegated themselves to or just decided or fallen back to or or are now okay with the fact that they are primarily a pin and pull deep, uh, offensive line they are not a wide zone offense so in the last several weeks specifically since Ryan Bates got in the game they've stopped trying to play wide zone primarily or even half and half they're they've they've committed you saw guys against the patriots pulling all over the place whether it was on Screen passes, flare passes, jet sweeps, Josh Allen, like quarterback sweeps, whatever it was, they were pulling all over the place, and it worked to perfection. So my first key to the Bills sustaining that level of play is the offensive line. The second key is Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary is playing like a, like a, like he's out of his mind. Out of his mind. It's unbelievable. And if he keeps, I think he can keep this up, and if he does keep it up, because his vision just seems on point. The game seems to have slowed down for him. If he can keep that up and Josh Allen and that offensive line can keep doing what it's doing and Josh Allen continues to keep the sticks moving and hitting guys on the flats, screen passes, flares, running back curls, it's going to pull those safeties down. And once those safeties come down, it opens up the deep balls, which you saw yesterday. You saw that in that football game. The Emmanuel Sanders touchdown was a perfect example. John DeFazio comes with a comment. I agree, boys. I cannot wait to see how teams decide to defend us next week. And then he follows up, will they choose man or will they choose zone? Josh Allen can beat them both. And not only can Josh Allen beat them both, if the Bills do play the Chiefs, I got news for you, and everybody already probably knows that the Chiefs do not have a good defense at all. Richard Rush says, I'm yelling at the dogs because they want to play in the snow. No, he says. Is it is it snowing in, in Ohio right now? Because it's not snowing here yet. 
And I was told that Buffalo, Siberia. So Richard Rush, let me know if it's snowing in Ohio yet. Andrew Pagano says, if if we beat the Bucks in the Super Bowl, it would kind of be like how the Giants regular season lost, lost rather, to the nearly perfect Pats lit the fire to propel them through the playoffs. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but if there's anything that scares me, as much as I said, there's the, there's nothing in the NFC that scares me. If there's anything that does kind of give me the willies, it's anytime we play the play Tom Brady. Eric says, uh, rookie Spencer uh, Brown put some swagger on the O-line. He absolutely did. He he brings an element of just toughness and some physicalness, some non-softness, if you will, that the Bills desperately needed. I love that comment, Eric. Appreciate that. John Fazio back in the room says, McKenzie adds an element to our offense that is critical to establishing a connection between the balance of run and pass. In my things, I think, I think. Isaiah McKenzie, it's the next one, bro. So perfect timing. Isaiah McKenzie needs to be extended and become a regular part of this offense. I'm not saying that he needs more touches than Stefan Diggs. He needs more touches than Gabe or Sanders or whoever else, anybody else or Singletary. I'm just saying he needs to be an active participating member of this offense. Isaiah McKenzie is a weapon and he's a weapon that wants to be in Buffalo. I don't need to see him as a kick returner. I don't need to see him as a punt returner. I need to see him off on offense because he sets the defense off balance. We see it over and over and over again, and the Bills need to stop ignoring it, and they need to stop protecting him or scratching him. And that's just how I feel. Amanda Davies says it's snowing in Tonawanda. It might be snowing here. When I came downstairs into my office, studio, whatever this is, it wasn't snowing yet, so it might be snowing here too. Men in the Kitchen says it's snowing here in Jersey. <laughs> my sister says it's not snowing in finley ohio jessica tennis says it's snow it snowed here in rally today <laughs> my good guy my friend jeff king is back in the room he says as far as this wind goes it's like your first drink or first piece of tail <laughs> where is this going jeff <laughs> it's either triumphant or it's a disaster but in the end it's it's uh, it's yours to own Bills fans, we own this, or we own this win. Enjoy it. It's ours. And that's literally how I started the show yesterday. Can we just take it in? Can we just absorb this win? <laughs> Lone Wolf follows up with Jeff King. My first piece of tail was kind of confusing. I've got many follow-ups to that that I'm going to keep to myself because this is a family program. <laughs> Y'all are going to get me in trouble with, with Buffalo Rumblings. Matt Rich Warren runs this whole thing. Who I was just quoting all these ridiculous, awesome stats from. And Matt's going to be like, I'm going to get an email from Matt tomorrow. Joe Miller, comma, greetings. As much as I appreciate your show and all the work that you do for Buffalo Rumblings and the exposure that you give us and the listeners and yada, 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 we need to have a conversation about the content. <laughs> Don't you get my hand slapped. John DeFazio asks, I wonder how we would choose to pressure Mahomes. Joe, what are my thoughts? It's tough because you're always, you know, Mahomes is, he's he's elusive. He's a guy that extends plays. He's better just like Josh Allen off script. We've seen how the Bills have defended him in the past. My expectation is, is they're going to do the same thing that, that they did earlier this year. They're going to have to find some way to keep him in the pocket, not necessarily flush him out. So don't press, pressure him so hard that they flush him. 
but at the same time, allow that pocket to collapse on time, if that makes sense, to get a hold of him and bring him down or pressure him to make bad throws, which he will if the pressure is strong enough. Regardless, anytime you're playing Patrick Mahomes, it's tough. It's absolutely tough. Jeff King says, sorry, Joe. Bro, you be you. You don't have to apologize to me for absolutely nothing, bro. You just be you. I appreciate and love every bit of your Irish behind. Appreciate you, dude. As a fellow Irishman, I appreciate your Irish behind. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. So good. So uh, the Trek reviewer says Buffalo rumblings with Addison being hurt. Might we see Lawson next week? Uh, I don't believe that uh, 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 Lawson has, as of yet, been signed by the bills there was a, a report that went out earlier this week and i'm not going to disparage because i loved the the platform that that reported it but uh lawson has not yet been signed by the bills as far as i know even though even though that report went out so this might prompt them to sign lawson um we'll see uh but i don't know that addison is also i haven't heard anything does anybody know is there anybody in the comment section that has heard if there is a report on Addison and if there's a prognosis or any type of, is he day to day? Is he week to week? Like, is he not hurt? Like, is he just banged up? I don't, I don't even know. Don't even know. Uh, da, 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 da. So yeah, unless you guys, what do I got here? Do I, uh, so yeah, this is a couple more things that I think I think, and then I'm going to let you guys out of here. I'm gonna get you out of here early tonight. The next thing I think, I think you ready. Dawson Knox is going to be, in my opinion, a top three tight end next season. Now, I know what you're all thinking because you're Bills fans. Dawson Knox is already a a top three tight end. No, he's not. (laughs) Dawson Knox had a very, very good season. Um, I don't know where he ranked in touchdowns for tight ends, but I know it was high. Dawson Knox is still not, at this point, in any of our minds. And if we had a fantasy football draft right now, your selections would all agree with me. He is not. George Kittle. He is not Travis Kelsey. He is not Mark Andrews. He is not those names that we throw out there is kind of big. In my opinion, Dawson Knox breaks into that top three market for tight ends next year. He's a solid blocker. His athleticism is off the charts. He's a, he's great with the football and his hands have come around. Now that means that one of those guys has to fall off. Now, George Kittle has had kind of a quiet year. Travis Kelsey is Travis Kelsey. And let's be honest, the most reliable wide receiver that Lamar Jackson has is Mark Andrews. But I think that Dawson Knox's name will be right there with those three guys next season. Dawn says that Kay Adams used Dawson Knox as her fantasy tight end. He did very well. He did. He did fantastic this year. And I would agree with DH that he's, he's, he's top five now. He might be top five right now. I think he breaks into top three. Oh, Darren Waller. That's another one that I forgot. I think I think Dawson Knox is right there in that conversation with all of those guys. John Fazio says, you're the bomb, Joe. We truly appreciate you. I think you're dead on about Knox. He has not hit his ceiling. I think that's it for me. I think that's what it, what it comes down to. He hasn't, you encapsulated it perfect, John. Thank you. He has not yet hit his ceiling. And I think next year he's gonna he's gonna take another step. Absolutely take another step. Amy G-Babe comes back in and says, my Steelers fan friends are texting me, apologizing for not being able to (laughs) to help knock out KC. Amy, text them and literally say, 
Joe Miller, the voice from Buffalo Rumbling, says, we had no expectation that the, that the Steelers were going to beat the Chiefs. We're good. <laughs> We've already The Bills probably already began game planning for the Chiefs before this game actually started because the Steelers just aren't a very good football team. My daughter, McKenna, who I talk about all the time on the show, you guys are very much aware of her. The game came on at whatever it was, 8-15, 8-20, and the first thing she says at the kickoff, the Steelers don't even belong in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica, thank you for doing that research. Uh, Knox is tied with Kelsey for TDs. I'm, what I'm looking for when I say that Knox is going to take that next step, he's going to become dominant. He's going to become borderline unstoppable. He's going to become a guy that teams have to defend. And if teams have to like plan for him to defend him, which they probably kind of are now inside the red zone, but I'm talking about all over the field. If they have to defend, plan to defend him, Listen to this. If the if if opposing defenses have to plan to, to defend Dawson Knox, if they have to plan to defend Stephon Diggs, if they have to plan to defend Josh Allen, if they have to plan to defend Devin Singletary, and they have to plan to defend Isaiah McKenzie, and oh, by the way, I haven't even mentioned guys like Gabriel Davis and Emmanuel Sanders may or may not be here next year. You can see where this is going. It's crazy. And that defense is that defense. I mean, unbelievable. I'm going to leave the show with this. This is where I'm going to leave you guys at 57 minutes. I'm pretty confident. I do believe I think that the Bills are absolutely going to have two new coordinators next season. Deservedly so. They talked about it a little bit on the chop up before I came on live. By the way, shout out to those guys. I love everyone. Angelina, Kristen Kimmick, Sterles is my guy. Spence is my bestie. The connection that I've got, that I've made with all those guys, man, and they do such a good job. It's so relaxing, and the conversation is great. I'm a huge supporter of Bill's Mafia Babes. I'm a huge supporter of Cover One. I love Sterles like a like a brother. Same thing with Spence. Huge, huge shout out! But they were talking about this very thing. They were talking about the fact that we're gonna we're gonna lose both these guys. And uh, I think Spence said that uh, both Dable and Leslie Frazier were in Miami today to be interviewed, which that's got to be weird, right? They're both flying down together. They sit next to each other in, in first class. <laughs> so so what, do you, what are you going to talk about? <laughs> I don't know. What are you going to talk about? Well, I'm going to talk about this. Well, so am I. I mean, you would almost believe that they're going to parrot the same exact information. They've both been with McDermott for four years, right? Four or five years. I mean, you, you'd think that there's going to be a very similar conversation, which is amazing to even think about. MD, uh, MDL0838 says, uh, with a super chat, thank you for the super chat. Knox is an uh, un unrestricted free agent next year. What's the market for a top five tight end? So I'd go to spot track. How much are the Bills willing to pay him? I, I can tell you this. I don't know if they're willing to pay him, but I know that they don't want to start over. And they're not going to draft high enough to get a guy that's going to come in right away. Tight end is one of those places, especially with the offense that they want to run, unless they change philosophies with the new offensive coordinator. They're going to want to pay that kid. So I would tell you to go to spot track and there probably will be a listing of what he's worth right now. And you might find that if I things, I think, I think Dawson Knox gets an extension this off season. Tremaine Edmonds gets an extension this off season. Isaiah McKenzie gets an extension this off season. Stefan Diggs probably gets an extension this off season. Uh, Fred Mower says, are you purposely ignoring Cole Beasley? I'm not absolutely 100%. I love Cole. Do I feel like, oh, how do I say this? Cole Beasley, I love Cole Beasley, and I love his impact on this offense um, and what he does. I'm a huge proponent of getting him involved. So the game planning for Cole is another issue. 
I feel like Cole is probably getting up in age to the point where his cap savings, unless he's willing to take a pay cut to stay here, I think that the Bills are, might move on from him. I hate to say that, and I hate to see that because I love Cole Beasley. But yeah. But yeah. Guys, I'm going to go on, go ahead and get, get up on out of here. You hear me talk every single week about the market dominator. I'm going to do this sh- super short and simple. When I moved from Ohio to Buffalo, me and my me and my family were in a tragedy situation. We just it was just a tragedy moment. I'm sure I've, all of us have gone through that. Lost a job, big move. Even though we were moving back home, that's part of the reason we moved back to Buffalo was to be near family because we were hurt. John swooped in and he made that whole buying of our next home process super 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 easy and critical. Like like the, the role he played was critical. For me as the dad, and for Beth, the mom, getting two kids like into school before school started, the craziness, the negotiations, all the advice that he gave us, all that stuff, walking through the house, John was unbelievably helpful. And I want that experience for every single person that listens to my show. If you're looking to buy a house, if you're looking to sell a house, call John, 716-570-3298. The number again, 716-570-3298. He is the market dominator. His team is the market dominator team. You can also find him on Twitter. M is in Mary dominator. 716 is his handle, but call, just call him on his phone. He'll answer 716-570-3298. So if you're getting close to buying or selling a home, call John, but I appreciate every single one of you guys. I love you guys. It is victory Monday, victory Monday, victory Tuesday, victory Wednesday, guys. It is just, I said it yesterday. Soak this in soak every second every highlight, every water cooler conversation, every radio station comment that you hear, every caller that calls into the radio stations, every piece of content that you consume this week to include tomorrow at nine o'clock with me and John Fina for the Off Tackle with John Fina show, which I'm sure we're going to get firsthand experience of John at the tailgate. And during the football game, he was in the, he was in the, the suite with Bruce Smith and Daryl Talley and Thurman Thomas and Jim. Man, what, what a sight, what a thing to behold. What an amazing game that was. It looks like we're probably going to be on to Kansas City. But for me, for Buffalo Rumblings, for John Fina, for Jay Spence, for Bruce, for Nate Geary, for Steve Vega, for everybody, for Big Newt and Jamie D, and I don't know, I'm forgetting somebody, for for Jay Spence the King, for all of us here at Buffalo Rumblings. We love you guys. We appreciate your guys' uh, uh, just following us and being a part of the shows and always being with us. We love you. We appreciate you guys. Enjoy Victory Monday. Enjoy the snowstorm if you're in Buffalo like me. Go Bills.